When you hear the word servant, who do you think of? This is week number four of the Red Letter Challenge. Hi everybody, I'm Chrissy Baki. I'm the hippie Christian who cares and I've been doing the Red Letter Challenge. It's a book by Zach Zender. You can learn more about it at redletterchallenge.com. Um, go to pretty much anywhere that they sell books or Christian books. Of course, Amazon has everything. Red Letter Challenge is the book, and it's a book that challenges us to what to do what Jesus said. So red letters are in the Bible, in not all Bibles, but in many Bibles, when Jesus spoke, they put those words in red letters. So it sort of highlights the words of Jesus while he was here on earth and beyond, I believe. But um, that sounds a little bit supernatural. He is supernatural. That's all I'm saying. So the red letter challenge sort of compartmentalizes Jesus's work in some categories. Being, forgiving, serving, and giving. This week, we're looking at serving. And when I think of a servant heart, my brain goes to teachers, preachers, medical profession, counselors, people that are in the food industry that, you know, like waitresses and chefs, um, people in the beauty industry that, you know, do your hair and your makeup and massages and all kinds of ways to clean us up, coaches and friends. Every single gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, gives accounts of Jesus serving others. And so let's take a little bit of a closer look at the ways that Jesus did. And it's not ironic that it matches the list I gave you. As I was thinking of people with teacher or servant hearts, which included teachers, it was amazing that every time I came up with a occupation or a person that had a servant heart, so did Jesus. So when you think about Jesus as a teacher, you know, he gathered up 12 disciples and taught them Mark chapter 4 verse 1 and there's not it's not just the disciples he taught others Nicodemus and Mary and Martha and 5,000 so many ways that Jesus taught and just by example let's be honest there preacher the Sermon on the Mount is his most famous preaching story that's found in Matthew chapter 5 and so many good lessons in there too just to spend I should do a podcast on the Sermon on the Mount I'm not sure I could do it very well though because it 
packs a whole, whole lot in there, but I'd be, I think it'd be fun for us to try. Note to self, the medical profession, doctor, nurse, that kind of stuff, healer, oh yes, all of the gospels speak of Jesus healing. Um, Mark chapter one, like Mark puts it right in his first chapter in verse 29, he talks about Jesus healing many and so many, and so many ailments too. Like, oh my goodness. I mean, from blindness to being paralyzed to demon possessed, if you want to call that an illness, it is a mental illness. And my goodness, thank you, Jesus, for curing us of mental illness and being with us in all of our illnesses. So I won't continue to add to the list of all the other things that Jesus healed, like skin diseases and blood diseases. And okay, I will add a few more in there, but we get it. Jesus healed. Even the dead raised people from the dead. Lazarus, good story. Counselor, Matthew 6 is all about how not to worry. Great counseling session on anxiety. Later in Matthew 6, all about how to love our enemies. Feeling like you've been bullied? Read a little bit of chapter 6 and get counseling from Jesus Christ himself. The food service? How about Luke 9, where Jesus feeds 5,000 men? I say men because that's all they counted in the Old Testament in the old days. So if women and children were there, and of course they were because Jesus loves women and children, it probably was close to 10,000 people that he fed. So he gets it. When When you are serving others food, when you are fixing dinner for your family, when you are working at the restaurant or serving at church or an event. Jesus gets what it's like to be on his feet all day and serve people and have people be like, "Mm, I only got a half a loaf of bread. He got a whole loaf. I don't, hopefully people weren't complaining, but I'm sure they were. The beauty industry, John 13, that's where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And Yeah, to compare it to the beauty industry is probably a little bit silly. But honestly, people putting their hands on you to make you feel better, to clean us up a little bit, it's really not that far-fetched. It is the ultimate service when you are touching somebody in a caring sort of way. Hopefully that doesn't sound too too weird. Might get real dark if we go any further, but seriously, Jesus washed his disciples' feet. That was a job for a servant. And we all know that it's not like hairdressers and nail technicians, um, even massage therapists, like all of them are not the highest of the profession ladder. So Jesus gets it. And coach, Jesus picks his team, 
John 1, picking his disciples, he seriously gives them and us a play-by-play of what's going to happen in our future, John 14, and he gives them and us what we truly need in both 14 and 15. In fact, the whole book of John, I mean, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. I mean, Jesus is our coach and friend. You know that you have those friends who would just do anything for you. They'd give you the shirt off their back. They would pick you up. They would bail you out. They would just be there no matter what. Well, John 15, 12 through 17 is fabulous. So here it is. My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you may go you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Wow, like, boy, if we just took verses 12 through 17 and did that, we would be successful in life. And Jesus literally led by example. He tells us all the things we can do to serve others. And I went through the book of John and just jotted down like all the examples. And it starts right with chapter one. Another name for God and another name for Jesus is Emmanuel. And that is God with us. And John talks about that right in chapter one, where the word became flesh. Jesus came in flesh to be with us. And that's what we need to do. We need to be with people sometimes. It's just that simple. Hosanna Wong, I've spoke of her before, wrote a book, How Not to Save the World. And her her thought process is, it's not our job to save people. Let's leave that to Jesus Christ. Sometimes just hanging out with somebody is a big deal. And she does a really nice job explaining it. We don't have to be like crazy evangelists, you know, drilling everybody on, are you saved? Are you going to heaven? That kind of thing. Just get to know them. And that's what Jesus did. Jesus came to earth for us, to hang out with us. And I think that's so stinking cool. The next is kind of follow what Jesus did hanging out with his disciples. Teach people, study with people meet with people, fellowship with people, pray with them, walk with them, fish with them, eat, drink, and party with them. 
Jesus did all that. All of a sudden, serving sounds pretty fun, doesn't it? And there's more. Hold people accountable. Don't judge them. Be honest and be forgiving. But we do each other a service when we hold people accountable in a loving way. And Jesus did that. Point people to our Father in heaven. Interestingly enough, Jesus is God. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. The thing with Jesus is that he came down in order to be an example for us. And he came down in our form, in the form of human flesh and blood and bones and guts and everything that we have to show us who God is and how to serve God. He wraps the gospel up in John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son. And so he constantly points to his heavenly father, points us to his heavenly father, and shows us how to serve and love God first. And then, because God loved us, we can love others. And it is our love of God that makes loving others so amazing and so satisfying. Like, you know, seriously, you know how drugs... Like you see pharmacy, not like street drugs, because I wouldn't know anything about street drugs. I'm a real gigantic, straight and narrow, never done a drug in my life. That's my true confession. However, I have taken prescriptions before and they always have these crazy long side effects, which almost always include diarrhea. Oh my gosh. Nobody needs that. However, serving does not come with the side effect of diarrhea because that'd be gross. It, in fact, comes with the side effect of I feel good, as in James Brown, I feel real good. And then you like want to put on a cape and act like James Brown. But seriously, it, it does. In fact, it feels so good that sometimes I have to check myself. Am I doing this because I want to feel good? Or I'm Am I doing this because it's the right thing to do and I love Jesus and I want to serve others? But even if I'm not doing it for my own self, I'm always rewarded by feeling good about what I just did. And it's amazing and so satisfying and rewarding and it strengthens my faith every time. Jesus also teaches us to love all people and treat all people with respect. He does it in the Bible by example through gender, through race, through religion, regardless 
of anyone's sin, he loves all, period. And I do a long pause there because I really do want everybody to feel a little bit like hard stop, drop mic, Elvis has left the building, you know, whatever dramatic statement you want to make when you've made a dramatic statement. Because it doesn't get any more dramatic than loving all just because they were created in his image. And it is so important for us to love who God created. We need to take care of people. That's the other thing that Jesus did. And so many examples there too. He took care of sick people and injured people. He took care of old people, children, widows. He tells us to take care of the prisoners and the hungry and the poor and the outcasts. And there is examples of all of that in the Bible by Jesus Christ. And he tells us to do the same. Jesus serves us by praying for us. He serves us by telling us how to pray. He serves us by showing us how to do it. We pray for our enemies, we pray for ourselves, and we pray for others. We pray to help us forgive them and to forgive, to be forgiven. We pray for people who hate us, and we pray that God gives us everything we need. We pray for the Holy Spirit to intervene. And Jesus tells us how to do it. And better yet, he shows us how to do it. He shows us that he took time to pray. He shows us that he prayed out loud for us and for others. He tells us about praying for our enemies, all of that good stuff. So, Let's take a minute to listen to my commercial break because that's kind of a thing. And it's really all about the Anchor app. And honestly, as as, um, broken as I am in making these podcasts and long pauses and drinks of water and crazy loud noises and all that kind of stuff, yeah, Tatum. That was for you, because I'm sorry I broke your eardrum with that loud noise in the last podcast. But it is kind of cool that I can do a podcast and that you're listening right now. So listen to this message. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. Obeying God. That is another way that we serve God. And in obeying God, we really do serve others, because when we are following God's rules, 
and they're not that difficult. That's not true. They're really hard. We can't possibly follow all of the rules because we just mess up all the time. However, when we are in relationship with God, we know what's right and what's wrong, and we work hard to do what's right. And we can't ever be perfect like Jesus Christ, but at least if we are emulating Christ and working towards being like Christ, we will serve others. We will serve others even if we're not doing some specific task. So our kindness serves others in a way that we don't even know what it means to somebody when we smile at them, when we speak to them, when we look in their eyes and when we listen and when we treat people with respect. Maybe that's the only love and kindness somebody gets in a day. So obeying God and Jesus Christ, as he tells us to love God and love others, is a way of serving. And I know that I didn't, you know, give you tons of examples of how to serve. And I didn't want to talk a whole, whole lot about the way that Zach Zender talks about this week of serving. And when I listened to my pastor's sermon, oh my gosh, I just wrote down tons of stuff. Like if you love someone, you want to help them. You want to serve them. Like it's sort of part of it. And he was comparing serving people you love, like to a husband and wife, how, you know, you want to serve the other person because you love them. Always like how, you know, we start that, like all anxious to serve, you know, at what's the time our boyfriend or girlfriend. And mm, then it gets to the point where you're like, mm, really, I'm going to clean the bathroom again. However, most of the time when you think about loving your spouse or your friends or your family, you are willing to do anything for them. I also liked that Jesus was our example. I liked that we are we were made in his image. Therefore, if Christ has a servant heart, then we were created to have a a servant heart, just like Jesus. I like that my pastor said that the church was called to serve. And boy, I think that's a message to all churches out there. Do what Jesus did and serve others. And we can really plug into that. I kind of thought that was a good thing to like plug in all the information Download all that information into your brain and heart and do with it what Jesus did. Let's see. Um, the fact that it does bring us joy. We fulfill our God-given purpose. 
if we're created in his image, then we were made to serve. So, you know, I serve and Jesus saves. I kind of loved that. I'm going to go ahead and give pastor all the credit for that, but I may have written that note myself. Um, and what do you like to do? Like I did think that was cool. Like think of the things that you like to do and serve Jesus that way. The whole key is pointing people to Jesus. Serving invites us into a life that is bigger than ourselves. Love that one. I also love that we are all a royal priesthood. There are some denominations that don't quite really put everyone in the whole priesthood, pastors, priests, that kind of stuff. But, you know, that's probably just splitting hairs on the details. Jesus did not need food more than he needed to serve others. That was a great point because it was when he was speaking to the woman at the well and the disciples went to get food and Jesus hung out to serve her. Jesus didn't eat lunch. Instead, he hung out with a girl who really needed help. How awesome is that? And so I just love the fact that going to church, taking communion, reading God's word, praying all the things that we were learning in that first week in the being challenge, how to be with Jesus, how to be with God, all those spiritual disciplines give us the fuel we need to serve others, to serve God and to serve others. And it's just really important that you have a full tank because going out and telling others and sharing takes a lot of energy. I feel like there is so, so much we could talk about when it talks about serving others and serving God. In fact, the Red Letter Challenge is a 40-day challenge to look at what Jesus said and then and then act on it. And I just feel like it scratches the surface in a really great way. So not dogging it. Please, Zach Zender, if you're listening, like don't hate on me because I love this challenge and I'm super excited about it. We could just dive so, so much deeper and continue to just look at each gospel and talk about the words that that author wrote down and then compare each gospel. And Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and even some of Acts has the words of Jesus in it. And just to look at all of it and spend time in it is how we get to know who Jesus is, but also learn how to serve. And then you all of a sudden see opportunities 
that are right before you. And when you just say, oh, I'm going to do them instead of saying, "Mm, no, I don't want to do that because, you know, it's just a week away and I don't have enough time or, you know, I should do this first or, you know, we make a thousand excuses and justify a thousand reasons why it's not a good time when we should just say, hey, it's a great opportunity to serve and I'm going to take it. Let's work to love God and love others like Jesus. Let's work to find ways to serve others and find ways to serve Jesus and serve like Jesus today and tomorrow and the rest of the week and the rest of the month and the rest of the year and the rest of our life. Come back next week because we're going to talk about giving. And there are so many opportunities like there is with serving. And we are going to hear about those opportunities and learn about those together. I don't even know what giving's all about. I mean, I think I have an idea, but I'm anxious to see what it's all about. And I'm cracking up because right at the moment, all I can really come up with is super tramps, give a little bit. So if you're singing that right now, so am I, and I don't sing very good. Otherwise I would give you a bar or two. So instead, let's just have that running through our mind for the rest of the day and enjoy today. Go and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.